Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Brother. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Pretty great. Um, There's a lot more daylight now. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, we were recording this on a very important day, the transition to the only acceptable so true. time zone. I don't know. Not, Way of living. The... Like, why do we change time? Yes. I, I really don't yeah. understand. It was terribly short-sighted, whoever made that decision. Um, and I'm always just miserable all winter, so... <laughs> Well, it still impacts my farming oh, a lot. Oh, that makes so. sense. That does track. And yep. it is harder to, you know, deal with the sundials, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> um, uh-huh. It probably is easier. I don't that, know. That's one thing about being self-employed that not having to, like, having the autonomy of your schedule to wake oh, up yeah. in conjunction with the oh, sun yeah. rising. That's true. <laughs> that, yeah. That, like, those really dark mornings when when it's not daylight savings time are Yeah, are you no just fun. like don't do anything. I want to tell you about my yeah. schedule thing because I had work to do today for um, some securities filings for a client. And, um, oh, and I... Um, I, so I had I worked all day today, just like I was normally at the office or something. And then uh, Monday, I bought a ticket to the museum for they have a D- Dior exhibit right now, and scheduled a yoga class <laughs> and a blowout. So I'm just gonna go get my hair done and like go to the museum, <laughs> like, just because you know I had to work over the like I just swap the two and having a Sunday on a Monday like in, infused me with all of this like energy to do all these cool things with it. So <laughs> really, that's like a, a quintessential self-employed <laughs> move. Yeah. Um, we have moderate, like it feels like spring today and I, we just had dinner with some friends of ours and I was already, uh, the husband is a golfing buddy of mine. So we were already plotting like how we're going to, uh, he's, he's not self-employed, but he owns a small business. So we, we've been conspiring on how we can go play golf in the middle of the week. And it's, you know, so, so much less crowded. We can just go walk nine by ourselves and like, awesome. uh, not have to have a tea time and stuff. Yeah. So like there are things yeah. that that's a thing. The museum would, it would be terrible to try to do on the weekends. They're always like sold out and it's just a million people. But on a Monday, there were like a million different tickets and I can just go by myself and it's no big deal. And I looked up, I Googled the best hot chocolate in Denver. Turns out not the first person to Google that. There were a number of articles on this topic. <laughs> I now have like my work cut out for me for the month. <laughs> so I'm going to like, I'm just going to systematically work my way through like the chocolate lab and every other, uh, these amazing places that I even know existed um, until it's warm and no longer appropriate to drink hot chocolate. <laughs> so that was my plan. <laughs> yeah. So I was having breakfast. This is this is related. I've started doing a thing where I have breakfast meetings. Do you ever do that? 
I try not to, okay, but occasionally. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because you eat a weird breakfast. <laughs> yeah, True. It probably wouldn't be fun. Um, I I have never tried to do that, but uh, like it just kind of worked out that I had two last week, and they were so fun. I really enjoyed it. It was like at ten. So, you know, you do a little work before going in and then you just go straight to the meeting and then just like have coffee and eggs. And then by the time you're done, it's 11, you can work through lunch. So you're like, you're not interrupting your, your stream of work at all. It was really, it was really like eye opening to me for a whole new set of things to do with, um, you know, business, you know, when you have to like fit in a bunch of different meetings. But one of the breakfasts I had was with this guy and he said something that made me think he, I was explaining something I do for a client and he said, he's a lawyer at a big firm. And he said, how is that legal work? <laughs> like I was, yeah, I kind of stopped and I was like, uh, well, I guess it's not. I mean, <laughs> you know, like there's a whole slew of stuff that clients need that's like not strict, like you could do it without having a law degree. Totally, you know, but it's legal adjacent or whatever. So, and they want uh, to pay, they want it accomplished and they're comfortable slash insistent on paying me to do it. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Was your answer? Yeah, because they like, pay like if they'll pay me at lawyer rates, I mean, it's legal work. Like, it's a lawyer doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's like, <laughs> it was such a funny question, right? Like, I, I hadn't. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, he's such a nice guy, but super indicative too of the differing perspectives on client service, you know, where he, and the thing he was referring to was firing people. Um, cause that, like, that is a thing that I was always, you know, you're a lawyer. Um, if you're, if you have a company that you represent, uh, and they're about to fire someone, almost always, Thankfully, before they fire somebody, they call you and they're like, I'm thinking about firing someone. And you're like, okay, like, you can do that, <laughs> you know? And um, I mean, there's some wrinkles to that, right? Like in Colorado, you can fire, um, it's an at will state. So unless you have an agreement saying otherwise, you can fire employees um, for any reason or no reason, just not a discriminatory reason. So. Um, that's like the general rule of thumb. So then we talk about if they're in any protected class and if they are, you know, the best practices is to like offer a little severance pay in exchange for a waiver. And, you know, we kind of go through that whole like risk mitigation process and that's, that's legal work. But at the end of that, I was always like, okay, well, I think you know what to do now. And like there was this palpable, resistance, you know, where they were like, no, I don't want to do it, you know? So eventually I just started being like, do you want me to be with you and do this? And they're like, yeah. Oh God. Yes. You know, like, all right. Just, is there like an overwhelming fear that they're going to like yeah. Michael Scott, the, the firing and just say something wildly I mean, inappropriate? That would be my fear. <laughs> you know, I mean that, I guess they just, yeah, the whole process seems so, I guess, fraught for them, like with liability or potential liability that they, it causes so much anxiety that they really, that's the easiest thing. Like, um, 
for them to pay you for because it's the thing they want to do the least themselves. So they're they're like, oh, absolutely, here, please, you do it. Um, and I don't get that feeling when I'm like drafting an NDA, you know, <laughs> they're, they're like, could have pulled this off a of legal zoom, you know, <laughs> the, the firing stuff. It's like, Oh, thank goodness you're here. <laughs> so, so as someone who's been fired a time or two, I, I can, I, I've certainly never been fired with an attorney in the room. <laughs> I would be like way yeah. more, uh, that, I don't know. That just really ups it the ante. Does you know? it makes it so quick, and it, it's so it actually really is useful because like the whole okay, um, you know the the coaching I do. Our, our exciting listeners who are all freelancers now will get my coaching on how to fire people. Um, it's like hopefully we'll never apply, but um. So I say, you know, we don't enter into any discussion. You know, the first words out of your mouth when you're meeting with somebody to fire them are like, we've decided to let you go. Because if you say anything else, sometimes they'll be like, I'm disabled. And you're like, shoot, (laughs) now the legal situation has really changed. So, you know, people like to do this slow build up into it, but like rip the bandaid off. We've decided to let you go. Any questions that are asked, you say, I'm sorry, I can't discuss that right now because the decision has already been made. And then any specifics about like benefits and all of that, um, you know, stuff from desk and stuff, you have a designated contact person who's like, you know, neutral at the company that works with them on that. And you just give them the contact information and say, think about it. And then you contact this person with all your questions. So it's like a real quick meeting. Um, you know, because the person's not hearing anything, you know, at that time, because it's traumatic. So they don't like if you're telling them something about Cobra, I think from my own experiences and stuff, they're probably just like hearing like, (laughs) so, you know, let them like settle down. And then the last thing you want to do is say a bunch of stuff because like you've experienced with breakups or whatever, like whatever dumb thing you say will just rattle around in the person's head forever. Um, and, you know, you're feeling awkward. So like you say something that might not have anything to do with anything and that kind of thing leads to miscommunications and potential liability. So, so the last time yeah. I got fired, <laughs> model employee, <laughs> uh, yes, I go down in flames when I go down, um, the, 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 the owner, the company owner, the, uh, that was in the room with me, uh, who had, kept saying, let's see, what was the thing? Uh, Oh, he was essentially like giving, and this is odd, but he kind of essentially gave me a two weeks notice. Uh. (laughs) Like, like you're fired, but not for two weeks from now. (laughs) Yeah. And, and there's a lot terrible about the circumstances. It was handled really poorly and uh, on a multitude of levels. But, um, but he, he said a couple different times, I mean, it's it's not hush money, but like we're gonna we're we're gonna keep you around for a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh! Just be cool about it. What? And he just kept saying See, that over and over. That's so and, dumb. And just, like, what is that? That is yeah. the dumbest thing. Yeah. <laughs> and 
And like, it was, it was a weird situation. It was like the week back from where I had spent some time away from the company because I had a death in my family. And like the, the first week back, this takes place. And the caveat at the very beginning was you just don't seem like you've been happy. Lately. Oh my gosh. And I want to, I like, I just <laughs> want to point out, like, it was, it was your father. Like it was like, it was not like, Oh, you know, he's just been gone. We don't really know why it was a like, huge freaking deal. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I wasn't like on a vacation. Yeah. I was staying in the hospital right. with him. So like, so I hadn't been, I mean, it was fair. It was fair <laughs> to him perceptive. to say that I hadn't been happy lately. <laughs> yes. That, you know, you can't, you Fingers can't miss on that. The That's pulse. true. Um, but yeah, I just, he kept saying the, um, I mean, I wouldn't call it hush money, but like, <laughs> Oh my God. It was That's so bad. So bad. So that, I yeah. mean, that makes me feel better. Like maybe now that we're talking about it, I'm feeling like it is legal work because yeah. it's just. Yeah, I would, I would suggest a yeah. lot of people handle it yeah. very poorly. Yeah, like pretty much anything you d- deviate from the ru- strict rules I just said, which involve like one sentence and you're just like nothing good happens <laughs> like on any side of that. Uh, so probably a lot of our listeners could become consultants and <laughs> <laughs> just come in and just not yeah. say anything stupid. And well, and, and this is key, right? I, um, I learned this when I was a litigator, uh, when you're prepping people for deposition or testimony, you always, the guys for, for Chad Gillen would always say, and if I turn to you and say, would you like to take a break? The answer is yes. <laughs> because he had had people just like digging their own graves and he'd say, would you like to take a break? And they'd be like, no, I'm okay. (laughs) Let's just keep doing this. And so I have said, you know, when I stand up, you stand up and the meeting is over (laughs) because yeah, because I've done that before when the person starts talking and I want them to stop. So I stand up and start shaking hands and they just sit back down. And then I awkwardly have to sit back down. And it was really terrible. So that is that is the cue. Stand up. And then you have to plan what you're going to say on the exit because there's so many bad options. Like, good to see you. Yeah. Good right. luck. Like, yeah. have a good weekend. Have, yeah. Have a great weekend. So you, like, I always <laughs> tell the people in advance, like, say, thank you for your time goodbye <laughs> you know because if you don't plan that you get real weird <laughs> so, um or thanks for coming in um so those are the it's proven by your experiences the tried and true things but when he is saying that you know i i remember the first time when i thought like i i've i had since this resistance where you know you it's like you you're you're the coach and you're t- like of, do boxers have coaches? Is that what they are? Like, you're like putting the boxer in the ring and they're like not wanting to go. And you're like, you can do it. And they're like, oh, can you just go in instead? <laughs> so um, I had that experience a couple of times before I was like, you know what? What? Like, I'll totally do that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of terrible because they don't know me. But at the same time, people behave so much better when there's a stranger in a suit there. Yeah, right. Like they're not gonna have the emotional breakdown they would if it was just someone totally familiar with. like the why. You know, it just everybody becomes way more buttoned up and professional. So in higher areas like that. So I just kind of laughed when this guy said it and was like, "Huh." I mean, it's probably not. <laughs> but the more we talk about it, it, is. But however, this weekend, the work I've been doing has been essentially word processing. I mean, largely because. 
when you're kind of customer service oriented and, you know, I don't have a staff or anything like I, a lot of my clients will ask me for something and, you know, I don't mind to, if they don't know how to use word to like hop in and fix all the changes and just send it back out or whatever that just legit Microsoft word processing. I don't mind doing that. But what's interesting is the perspective I gain from my uh, clients that I've picked up from other lawyers who have done the same thing. They have, you know, just been kind of like, yeah, yeah, I can, you know, if they ask me to do it and I know how I'll do it. So, you know, my mentor transferred so many of her clients over to me and she did that. She's just never really said, no, that's not legal work. That's not what I do. But she has a whole bunch of skills I don't. (laughs) So like she's a total Excel wizard. And so I have inherited all these clients who think legal work involves like really high order Excel, like Microsoft Excel formula building. And so, I mean, I genuinely have. And so I get how it happened, you know, and now I see how like someone who inherits my clients might encounter the same issue. And I'm on like lynda.com taking tutorials on how to do Microsoft Excel. I really am. <laughs> I'm getting really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Making those pivot yeah. tables. <laughs> I mean, that's genuinely like, you know, it's, I'll have to, I should have probably already picked it up at some point, but, um, cause that's like, they, that's part of their workflow now. They've worked with a lawyer who, manages like for instance a really complex cap table so capitalization table showing all of the different like um equity owners of really complex company and so (laughs) everything's different you have options you have warrants you have you know stuff that's vested and invested and all of these different things um (laughs) and inheriting that and then having the clients totally view you know manipulating that document as what the lawyer does means this whole different like uh, category of stuff now is sitting in my lap and I have to figure out how to do it. So, so what does, what does the liability of that look like for you? Because I would, I mean, like you're, like you're alluding to, it's not really legal work. I mean, it sounds like it's a lot more accounting than it is legal. And does like do do your insurance policies protect against that sort of thing, or is that like fall outside the scope of? That's a great question. Well, like, I mean, most of it, I I feel like it has less liability than legal work because legal work has a pretty good amount of liability on it. So it's like, all right, doing that is a high liability uh, thing, and then legal adjacent stuff. I mean. Yeah, I assume that's covered by the the umbrella. Um, But you're right. When it starts to veer into securities or um, accounting or, oh, I mean, like patents law, you know, things that you actually have to have a different certification for, then I think that's when you have to, like, draw a really strong line in the sand. Accounting and and lawyers do that a lot of places. Like um, people will want me to send in their S corp designations, and that that like I've just kind of re- arbitrarily decided is too far into the accounting space. Yeah, you've called you've called me before with questions about like 
Um, I'm trying to think of the, the last one that we talked about, but like valuing a company kind of stuff, which is that, you know, like, uh, means real dollars in someone's pocket, but like is not in your, uh, not that is a great example. Assume. Yeah. I have clients more, I mean, more often than a handful of times who will just come and say like, you're a lawyer. How much is my company worth? Um, uh, you know, and like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I have no clue. And, you know, trying to get them to the right person or people with the right information is kind of essential. That's easy to not speak on because, like, I have no idea, you know. Right. You wouldn't even be tempted to fake it. um, The only thing that I probably would say is, like, some dumb quip about, like, you know, it's as much, it's worth as much as somebody will pay for it, which is very true. <laughs> like, you know, um, so <laughs> and I have learned increasingly that valuation is like kind of magic, like hand wavy science a little bit as well. So, um, but yeah, that is an area. So there's all of these little signposts on every angle where. Um, for instance, when you're selling a company and you have to decide which percentage of the sale price is uh, attributed to assets versus goodwill, that has um, tax implications. <laughs> and that is all I know about that. <laughs> that has tax implications. And so I always make somebody's accounting professional talk about it. But it's the worst. Like they, they make that decision. But it's the worst when somebody doesn't have a good accounting professional, because then you're just, and you're stuck saying, no, I don't do that and not offering any solution. Um, so then you try to have like accounting professionals. Cause I, I guess I don't ever want to say like, yeah, it's hard for people to understand what lawyers do, like where the parameters are, especially really specialized ones, because it, you know, it's all contracts or whatever. So Unless you're a lawyer and you kind of see those shades of gray, it can be hard. And so they can get really tired of hearing, that's not what I do from lawyers. So um, I try to be more yes and, the rule of improv, you know, like, I could do this little part, but this person could do the rest. Um, Then uh, most lawyers are, but there's totally liability on all sides with it. I mean... When you're messing with stuff you just, you don't know how to do, um, or, you know, playing like, um, brokers, right? Like there's tons of lawyers who also like dabble in being a business broker and stuff like that. It gets really, it's, you gotta stay in your lane, but like also be accommodating to an extent. So I've kind of been faced with this in the last mm, month or two. Um, I inherited a new client that wants me to do what I do but also a little bit of some stuff I don't normally do, you know, and which that that's, you know, common in my space too. If there's not a good understanding of exactly what it is I do much like you. And one of the things they felt like was really important was, um, they wanted someone to, to send out their social media posts. Like they're, they have a content calendar and, and sending those out. And they had some poor individual that was, posting those at the same time every day. So like, I guess she set an alarm on her phone or something and then go in and like manually post to, to multiple networks, but they felt like there's, there's value in it being the same time every day, uh, which is, uh, 
a wrong way to think about it because in algorithmic timelines, no one's seen it in order anyways. So it's kind of irrelevant when it gets posted, but, and they also make tons of software that does that yes. very thing, <laughs> you know? So, so they're like, would you do this? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And I just went and subscribed to some of the software for like fifteen dollars okay, a month. So that's like that's yeah. exactly when you say yes is when you're like, you know, I can like I can copy and paste that Excel document into that Word document for you, and it does not. It's like no skin off me, and it's magic to them. Yeah. So. Yeah, like every Friday they give me the next week's call, uh, you know, content calendar, and I just go yeah. copy and paste it all and. And the program and the, it, what's interesting to me is there's been like a number of things that's like, uh, oh, yeah, well, this isn't like just formatted perfectly or like, you know, we usually like for Instagram, we usually put all the hashtags in a in a comment on the post, not like in the post itself. Like, but my tool doesn't allow for that. Right. And and like I know that like the difference between those two things is like irrelevant, you know? And, um, but it's important to them, but, but also like, it's certainly not worth creating a situation where I'm going to stop my life every night at a certain time (laughs) and, and copy and paste something over and, you know, um, and so like, I've kind of had to hedge some of that, you know, that to just kind of be like, Hey, this, you know, one, it doesn't matter. Like functionally, like performance wise is, is irrelevant, but, too like you guys are crazy for thinking it's important enough to like uh schedule some yeah around, you know um however you say that kindly yeah like, that doesn't make me seem like a lazy yeah. bum you know I, that's so i think what you're hitting on is when somebody asks you to do something that's outside your scope like a big part of the consideration on whether you do it or not in addition to liability and all that stuff is the perceived value from them you know, because like a client I inherited, um, the one I've been doing a little copy and pasting for, um, the first time I met him, he was being handed off by the lawyer. We all had breakfast, actually. And <laughs> um, he told me a joke. He's, he's an older guy. Can I tell you the joke he told me at breakfast? <laughs> he said, um, there was a cowboy, and his dad had lived a very long life. And on his deathbed, you know, the cowboy said, Dad, what's the secret to living so long? And Dad said, every day I put a little bit of gunpowder in my oatmeal. So every day that cowboy put a little bit of gunpowder in his oatmeal. And sure enough, he lived to be 99. And when he died, he left behind 13 children, 27 grandchildren, 18 great-grandchildren, and a 37-mile hole where the crematorium had been. <laughs> like, like, this is the cutest old man joke in the world. <laughs> so, anyways, um, he said that. And he, uh, he said, oh, I'm so glad we're, <laughs> we're getting you as a lawyer. I hope you know how to put tables and documents. <laughs> First words out of his mouth. I thought he was kidding. But then today I was like, oh, no, that was real. And it's really important. <laughs> so I will absolutely figure out how to do it, you know? Yeah, that's that's a um, that's something that is, all of this. What we're talking about has been a soapbox for me for a number of years because I watched the accountants that I spent time around 
do this, like kind of bend over backwards to offer stuff that I'm like, you know, especially I think it's one thing as like an independent, like, uh, as, as a freelancer kind of tackling some of that kind of stuff. Cause like, you know, what the heck, but when you have a whole agency, um, it, or a whole firm, like oftentimes that's the crap that gets like passed down the totem pole. <laughs> And, and you've got someone that's like, you know, an administrative assistant doing like, you know, like, you know, accounting work. Right. And, and you're just like, how did we get here? Like, what, what is this? Like everyone stop, let's, you know, do a postmortem on, on, you know, someone comes up to me and asks me a question about, you know, how to run a particular software, you know, how to edit video. And I'm like, whoa, 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 why are we editing video for a client? You know, um, but, uh, so it's, it's always been a soapbox of mine to like defend that really, uh, aggressively. Like this is what I do. This isn't what I do and draw like a hard and fast line of that. And I've, I've gotten laxed in the last six months and I'm wondering if it's going to like, you know, bite me in the butt or not. <laughs> so, um, and part of this like social media scheduling thing has kind of felt like, um, you know, there's like a whole workflow in the tool that like the client mm. could just use. And like, I wouldn't even need yeah. to be involved. I'd They're sending paying, it to you and you're sending, like, yeah, your step is silly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an extra step. That's just like, mm-hmm. all I'm going to do is fail, right? Like I, I can yeah. be perfect and no one knows, or I can fail. And then like, it's obvious that, you know, um, I'm an, an unnecessary step. Yeah, it's process. like brokers. Yeah. You're a broker. You just skim it. You get money yeah. for the transaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's tough. Like, and I think it depends a little bit of in your industry. And like for this case, like, you know, I wanted the rest of the work for this client and this was something I, I'm certainly qualified to do. Right. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, um, like pushing out of my realm of expertise, but at times, like that's been, you know, I've had clients be like, oh, great. You know how to, you know, make edits to WordPress websites. Yeah, sure. You know, no problem. Could you also design these infographics for me? Well, that has nothing to do with WordPress or, in, you know, like, and that's something I don't know how to do. Right. And um, those are easier to to talk about. But finding that line, what what's tough about it, I think, is doing the stuff that isn't the thing you normally do always takes you twice as long to, to do it. And like, you don't have, you haven't subscribed to the right tools. You, you're over there watching lynda.com videos. You're like, you're all of a sudden like, it, you know, uh, changing your flow, your workflows pretty dramatically to accommodate. Um, and if it's, if it's a new line of business, that's one thing, right? Like um, if it's something you're passionate to learn anyways, it, you know, you're excited to learn a new skill set. that that's something. But if it's, something you just find yourself, you know, taking out the trash for your client <laughs> just because you want the the rest of the work or something, then you kind of have to do a reality check at some point in time and, and kind of see what, you know, what is it? What does it all mean? I think that, I think that is a huge part of the consideration you just said is it's something you want to know anyways, because I have, I have another client who had a really, I mean, theoretically interesting legal thing. They're like, I want to set up like club, like, you know, like a university club, you know, like you go and you have cocktails or coffee or whatever. And there's people in the club. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) And I, I think it'd be interesting to learn, but I would never get to use it again. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like the odds that that happens a second time, like within enough proximity that I remember what I learned the first time are like next to nothing. (laughs) So (laughs) whereas like 
fluency with the like two software programs that you use as a lawyer is something that just like will always be beneficial to have. So I can't really justify being 32 and being like, I don't think I want to know more about Excel. <laughs> you know, like, I just don't think I'm going to need it. Like, <laughs> I probably ought to figure it, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> so. Yeah. And occasionally you'll get a situation where it feels like, like someone comes and says, Hey, you know, I, I'm in this industry, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I repair windshields, right? And I'm a part of one of like three or four big national chains. I've got the local yeah. you know, territory or whatever. And like, here's a problem we have, like the software they provide falls short in this category. And like every single one of us has this exact yes. same problem. Can you yes. fix it? And then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. All ears. Yeah. You know, like, uh, <laughs> yes, I can. And can I do that in such a way that allows me to do it for a dozen yes. of these you know, clients instead of just the one? And that's, that's the one that were like my ears peak and I'm just kind of like, okay, like, do I have a product idea or like a, a particular service idea that is something I'd be foolish yeah. to ignore versus like, you know, which is hard because it's hard to get like that input from one yeah. person and be like, oh, okay. And then you kind of want to go like run, find as yeah. many other of those people as you can and ask them to see if, if that's accurate yeah. before you, you know, dip your toe in the water. But um, yeah, those are, those are the ones that, that are kind of exciting that, that make you feel like, yeah, like actually considering it. I think that's the difference from being in a firm and being solo is when somebody is like, can you do this thing? You're like, well, that's not a thing I've ever done before, but like, should I do it or should I not? And then the analysis is just purely opportunistic <laughs> in nature, which is, which is really nice. And I think the like aggregate of that means I've. I've learned so much more. I mean, I'm sure you'd say the same thing. I've learned so much more in the years being not at a big firm than I did in the um, several, several years before that combined. Um, I mean, the first six months out, I was like, I've learned more in the last six months than I did my whole legal practice <laughs> before this. So um, there, there's just something to be said for like, if it's going to get done, it has to be you, you, you know, and like, all of a sudden you're, you're learning all kinds of bits and pieces about stuff. You never, you never have to learn in any other setting, but like all of that makes you more valuable. I had a client asking me it was an e-commerce client and they're asking me some like, you know, revenue modeling questions, you know, and they're just kind of like, yeah, but like, you know, they were thinking out loud, but they're like, what would you know about that? You know, kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm bothering you with this, not like putting me down, but just like, you know, uh, and I was like, well, actually, you know, I've have a business degree and an MBA. So like, I actually know a whole lot about this. And he, and like, so we went down this whole rabbit trail where we were talking things that were like, had nothing to do with, you know, Google ads, but like, but in a way that like ended up circling back and shaping like kind of how we approached some of the advertising and, and, and that's, it's fun when that kind of thing happens where you have some other experience that you can pull from. Yeah. That's, that's like a, such an entrepreneur on entrepreneur interaction. And I feel, I feel like when I was a, at a big firm, a lot of the people who had worked on huge transactions for 30 years did not know how they actually like granularly worked, you know, like they've prepared the big 700 page documents all day long. But if you ask them, so, so what happens after they sign these documents, you know, like does somebody send someone a check and then is there a stock certificate? 
Who, who sends that? And then how do they keep track of that? You know, like they would not know that. They would not have that. So knowing how all of that really tracks in a real pragmatic way makes you such a better lawyer because they would, I mean, I, I remember them being asked that and they were like, well, that's, that's up to the business people, you know, like, like but it makes you, um, get the whole picture. And, and that was kind of my thought on firing people was like, I'm, I'm giving all this coaching, but I've never done it. And so, you know, won't I be more believable and, um, have better things to say to people if I'm like, I've sat in that room a number of times and like, you know, these are my various experiences. So this is what I recommend. So I've kind of gotten to like piggyback off of clients to get my own experience to add credibility and flavor to what I tell people. And I mean, hopefully if your client, if they have an oddball response, like you're there to help them, but also for you, like you want to experience as many of those oddball situations as possible because it helps refine and what it's so do. important because, like, you know when something's weird, you know? Um, there have been a number of times where I've been very glad that I've done it so many times because I can actually credibly say, this is insane. <laughs> this has never happened before. <laughs> like, we could not have predicted that. You did nothing wrong. That was unpredictable. <laughs> like, this is a real curveball. Whereas if you're sitting behind a desk never engaging with those things, you you know, somebody calls you and tells you, you don't really know how, you know, when things stick out as atypical, for instance, this is what I'm talking about, just to explain it. Um, it having a, a client of mine, um, I was like, you need to get your, your workers under um, non-competes because of the industry. And so when they were doing annual reviews, she rolled out very reasonable non-competition agreements with like some bonuses. And one person in particular was like, like turned a table over and was like, there's no way I'm signing this. Are you crazy? You can talk to my lawyer. I was like, that is problematic response. (laughs) Like, you know, something is going on there. Of course there was something going on. She'd already like started competing on the side and was planning on leaving and stealing a bunch of clients, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think as you're describing this, I'm thinking, you know, ultimately we're talking about protecting scope of work or, or scope of expertise almost, you know, uh, and, and one other way, and, and you're kind of describing this with the firings, I think too, is like when it's something that's upstream or downstream from what you typically do, you know, like, and in this situation, like you're going to inherit the problem of if the firing goes poorly, and so, like, if you can step in and, and go a little upstream from that and get involved a little earlier, like, that's a better service for your client. Hopefully you mitigate, I mean, like, an hour or two of your time coming in and joining that meeting is going to be way less expensive than if anything odd happens in that meeting at all. And and all of a sudden, like, so, I mean, you could sit in on dozens of those meetings before, like, the the balance of... Uh, the cost, you, you know, uh, shifts. And so uh, in, in those kind of situations where, uh, you know, as a, as a service provider, I can say, Hey, let me, let me get in. You know, if you're opening the door for me to get in a little early or, or stay a little longer to, to see that this thing happens, you know, from start to finish the way it's supposed to, then that makes your work in the middle, certainly a lot easier, but then the, the finished product a lot uh, make a lot more sense. That too. is very insightful, and I completely agree with the way you articulated it. That's 
a very good way to look at it when you're thinking whether or not to bother, you know, do this thing out in left field. Don't do the left field thing, but do the upstream or downstream thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the way to look at it. Maybe say like, if you, if you can put it in that lens, great. And if not, then maybe you should be quick to say, like, ask yourself the two questions like, Hey, am I interested in learning this? And, and be like, is there an opportunity for more of this outside of this one deal? You know, like, and if, if you get no's on the, you know, on either of those probably then, then, you know, the answer is no to the client. And and at that point you want to be really diligent about, about having boundaries of what you're willing and not willing to do. But if it fits in that framework, then all of a sudden you're like, well, yeah, let's, you know, let's meet and talk about it. Or, you know, tell me what your real problem is behind this. You know, you, you don't need tables and word documents. What, what do you really need is, you know, X, you know, um, I don't know. It's interesting. That is, that is interesting. Well, I think we covered it. Anything to add? Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. How, how are you feeling about this, uh, fancy new bump music? Super into it. Very catchy. <laughs> We we didn't know when it was going to go live, uh, and it went live a couple episodes ago. But we didn't we can acknowledge we that in the recording. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I want to say that I thought it went on too long, and then we can it's it's intentional, so you can hit fast forward and it starts right in to the. Yeah, yeah. We we try to keep it at thirty seconds because most of the skip forward buttons are thirty seconds. So if you're a regular, you know, yeah, skip on up. That's that's the thought of like, geez Louise, and you're like moving the cursor or something, like just hit hit skip thirty seconds and you'll be right in there. All right. Good talking to you, bro. Have a good week. Yeah. Well cool. Sarah, good good talking to you. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.